I have to tell you, I am definitely on the lucky side, fortunate side, actually, of getting to interview Noah Ronan. Noah is a light, uh, a beacon of hope and goodness and kindness to the world. I'm so glad she decided to be on the podcast and to share her thoughts. And as we shared both of our thoughts about challenging norms, about the narrowing of expertise, and just doing things differently, and living in a world where we really understand each other more and create more value with others and and are just more open-minded. So uh, I am grateful for Noah for being on. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy this very enjoyable conversation between myself and Noah Ronan. stuff if it's like us trying to get stuff together um mm-hmm. Not but to worry. anyways yeah it's it's no big deal but sometimes i like it better that, that way because sometimes it's like okay i'm gonna press the record button and then i'm like hey let's welcome to the show i'm like i don't want to do that <laughs> you know, let's just keep this chill you know like come on uh, so how's your day how been today they? noah i'm Good. I'm good. I'm having a mix of clients and time to work on some stuff. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love when I have a mix and not a back to back. It's exhausting. It's exhausting? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, when you have like, I can have days with clients from 6am until 6pm, back to back. That's, that's exhausting. Darian. Tiring. That's actually yeah. very tiring. Yeah. yeah, because it's a different way of listening. You, you really have to be present it's not like a meeting that i can you know wander around it's like it's like this podcast right you have to be fully present for the other person and the audience and so isn't that a funny concept that i think a lot of people haven't discovered until this year of how intimate and present you have to be in these type of environments yeah you mean the 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 remote the remote the listening? virtual listening yeah, no. like because the in person thing has has many elements where you can kind of drop off actually right. and not yeah. be engaged. It sounds weird to say, but it's I think it's true in my experience. No, no, it's not weird at all. I I actually I think we talked about it when we got to know each other a bit earlier. Um, that when I started coaching many months ago, it was about 12, 13 years ago. Um, the focus was actually through the phone. I would mostly do most of the coaching through the phone. And only in the last two, three years, I shifted into video. And it was really distracting for me to see the people because when you listen um, to another person, I, I can get so intuitive. I know when they tear, I know if they stand, I can feel everything. I, I, I'm able to bring so many other, um, you know, the other senses that you don't when you see another person. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I I struggle with the video thing. I, mean, I, I can't remember if we talked about that part, but I, I don't like it. I like I've tried several versions of it and I feel like mm-hmm. I focus too much on what the person is looking like and yeah. their expressions and I don't key so much in on what they say. And so mm-hmm. I went right back to the audio thing and I feel like my interviewers are way better because I am like completely dialed in. Like I have to, I have nothing else to go on but to hear their voice. Yeah. Exactly. And I have to tell you that still if uh, phone coaching, what's cool about it is that coaching, the, the core of coaching and, and really what you're talking about is that there is no judgment. And when we look at another person no matter if we want it or not, they read our reactions. And when you don't have that, so it, it's really, it, it allows to take away the judgment from the conversation and, and stay in curiosity. So um, that's the added value when you don't, you don't have the video. Yeah, I think it's, it's very interesting because I think we're in a time where so much is about video and getting out video, you know, introductions or putting out a lot of video YouTube and all this stuff. I I just struggle with it, honestly. I just I'm very vulnerable <laughs> about it. Like I don't like it. I it's not like mm-hmm. I'm worried about what I look like. I enjoy, I don't care. It's like it's just more of like I don't know. I I just enjoy listening to somebody talk or how they, mm-hmm. and almost like imagining what their environment <laughs> yeah. is like, you know, like it's, it's kind of, there's a magic and not knowing what somebody looks mm-hmm. like and where they live and all that. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it creates for your the uh, triggers the imagination and it also creates a different connection, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's, I've stayed all audio. I, I really enjoy it. And also I think just it's hard for people to also just watch videos. Like they can't really watch it when they're driving. If and like if they're driving their car, you know, they have to be the passenger or something. And you know, a lot of people listen to these type of things in their car. And right. it's just easier to listen. And it's in some level it's meditative listening to somebody speak while driving can be very weirdly meditative. It's true. It's it's true. I, uh, nothing to add on that. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to say anything else. So, yeah. Noah, I want to know, uh, one, I seriously don't remember how we got connected. I don't. I literally don't remember. Can you refresh me on this? <laughs> um, through Jacob's... Um, Jacob. Yeah, uh, which I, I have bad memories about... Um, people's names, but I can see his face and everything when we're talking yeah. about him right now. Uh, so he have this amazing, uh, he has this amazing podcast. How, how, why do I podcast, right? Why do I podcast? Yes, and, why do I podcast? Yeah. yeah. And I just loved your why. And I just connected with your idea of the podcast because um, it, there, it, there is kind of like no niche to your podcast and I just love no. it because because <laughs> you go you go against the the norms and I'm all about that um so it was fun for me and I said I have to connect with you oh that's so, so awesome you're so kind yeah. what is it about that and yourself that you identify with that with not connecting with like what everybody else is doing <laughs> I I'm not sure if even where to start so 
let me take you back in time to when I was a little girl. Um, and my father, um, whenever I describe him, he, wa- he is, but he was an officer in the army. So very rigid life, very, you know, everything, there, there are rules to everything, right? So there is that one kind of experience as a child um, that everything has a way, you know, how you wash dishes, how you clean the house, how you, everything, okay? So there, there are rules to everything. On the other side, he always told me, and I just listened to a book about that called Stretch. He said, never, um, never think that the expert knows everything. Always question the expert. Ooh. Right? So it was always like, who said that your teacher knows everything? Who said that the doctor knows everything? And when you live your life from that perspective, it's everything that I say or I, I write or I even right now when I talk with you, I will contradict myself. I, I, I became in love with paradoxes. And, and that's where it, it's, it's kind of like, who said you have to do it this way? Now, take it to another cultural level. I am Israeli. And part of the culture is to never accept that things have to be the way they are. There is always a why. There is always a why question. Why do we have to do it this way? Who said that we have to do it this way? Um, so did I answer your question? <laughs> so there are like many how you, <laughs> you went into that and you were going deep and then you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> because if not, I will go for hours. So I, I learned how to manage myself in a way. That's a skill. <laughs> that is a definite skill. I could tell you, Noah, that and doing over 200 episodes, I've learned that how to speak on a podcast as a guest, and I've been a guest on many and as a hosting, there's a real rhythm to speaking and listening that mm-hmm. is very difficult to master by a lot of people. I'm just just telling you. I'm not naming any names. I'm just telling you. It can be hard. <laughs> For me, I focus a lot on deep listening. It's like, like the previous podcast I did right before this one. Mm-hmm. I think I spoke three times in 50 minutes. That's wow. not a b- yeah. bad thing for me necessarily, but I kind of know when somebody has a lot to get off their chest, mm-hmm. I just, I just, I just shut up. I'm like, eh, yeah. this is, they need to get this out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you know, if we talk now about remote life, um, so, um, I, I work a lot with executives as a coach and mm-hmm. many of them struggle. They struggle with being quiet, right? It, it's hard. We want to show that we know everything. We want to show that we know how to fix it. We need to show, right? There is all this. And and some some really cool clients that I have will say, I know that I talk too much, but I just don't know how to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, right, and one of my really cool clients, um, she said, "You know what? I'm gonna take advantage of this old Zoom mute yourself." And she started telling her team, "I'm just gonna put myself on mute that I will not make myself talk." And I love this mindful action because unmute yourself, unmuting yourself is really taking that resonate choice that you don't move into speaking, right? 
So I'm actually, you know, living right now wearing this COVID reality where a lot of stuff is happening remotely. So I start um, inviting my um, over chatting clients to mute themselves and call on themselves that they're going to do that intentionally, not to uh, speak all the time and focus on listening because it's not easy. I was a really bad listener, by the way, before I started the coaching process. I would talk for hours, and that's part of why <laughs> I'm managing myself. So, yeah. It was just funny because you were like going, and then it like dropped off, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> she was, Noah's like, we're stopping right here. Did that answer your question? We're good. Okay, for that. But no, it's 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 an interesting kind of, Thing. There's some people I talk to, I will say maybe the beginning, we'll kind of get into this introduction beginning thing, and then they will run 15, 20 minutes straight, like no breaks. And <laughs> part of me is like, I don't know, is this good? Is it bad? It's like, it just is what it is. But I think sometimes that knowing when to let go of that space and say, okay, I'm just going to let this kind of die down and let there be some mm -hmm. silence. And I think that can be hard for people. Yeah. yeah, people don't like silence. I did that on purpose. But people don't like silence, right? That moment that we just need to be, right? It's still, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And, uh, and, and one of the most amazing moments uh, when you um, hear people say, I don't know, and by the way, if anyone listened to it right, you know, right now, um, whether if it's your child or a person you work with or you coach and they say, I don't know, just do yourself a favorite and be quiet. Just be quiet because they know. Um, so those are the most um, empowering or strong moments uh, is to learn how to to just be quiet and still with situations rather than jumping into talking all the time. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's totally not easy. And um, I want to jump back on something that I just kind of go with things that resonate that I feel like this whole experts don't know everything. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to that I think maybe is not talked about enough. And what I think about that is really like, sometimes we hold experts up like they're just all-knowing gurus or, you know, these people who have no chinks in the armor, no, nothing that makes this person like human. Mm -hmm. That they have, they're an expert so that, you know, they should be perfection. But I feel like the longer I've been alive and the more I really see that, I go, well, they may be an expert in something, but that doesn't mean that they know a lot about a lot of other things either type mm -hmm. of thing. And we mm -hmm. often do that, I think, with like celebrities, or athletes, or people in the public eye. We think this person has achieved this level of success, so they must be all-knowing. I must follow mm -hmm. this person because they have hmm. achieved this level of success. But I, I see through that all the time, generally. And I go, mm, if you really sat down with that person, maybe they do have a wide breadth of knowledge, but maybe they actually don't. They they might, and um, I, I love where you're coming from, and it, here is 
uh, what I believe is that the expert is actually getting in some people's way. Okay, so there, you know, there was like these amazing people that you listen to and no matter what they speak about, like they just brilliant, right? But many of the experts, but what I believe is that they get so narrow um, in what they're able to see that it's actually limits them being the expert. And that's why, you know, when we talked about it, um, it gets in the way to solve problems. And um, that's why I believe it's so important, you know, the idea of diversity and diverse voices and, and being open to listen to different ideas, because actually the expert, probably if we talk listening, will listen less to what other people have to say because they are so uh, focused on a specific way of seeing the world. And that's why I like to challenge the norms because I believe that every time I see something, it means that I'm stuck and I'm not open to see things differently. So I hope it makes sense. No, it, it makes sense. I think that this narrowing of, of things, is, it happens. For example, um, I've worked with many physicians in my line of business and been around a lot of healthcare providers. And this is just an example. But what you learn often is that because that knowledge base and what they've learned is extremely narrow, and let's say a doctor, they often don't have a lot of information regarding right. anything else related to health and wellness. So if you listen to your doctor to say, hey, if you ask your doctor, say, hey, I need to get healthier, I need to, you know, have better nutrition, better exercise, they often can't help you with that because they right. don't know about it. Right. They know about and specific pathology related to what you may be going through, but they actually are probably the worst person to talk to about health and wellness prevention because that is not their training, generally speaking. Uh, yeah, and unfortunately... Um, my daughter has some health issues um, with an autoimmune system. And I can tell you that the Facebook mothers group that um, follow a specific diet that um, shifted her, her health situation in like a few weeks that uh, no medicine can sometimes do, um, that was, you know, the first time I learned as a mother, as an adult, uh, for the first time I had to deal with health issues, um, which I think is harder when you have to do it for your child than when you do it for yourself, because it's such a huge um, responsibility. But I learned how narrow um, the way doctors and physicians are looking at stuff and what's actually starting to happen in um, this area is that uh, people like me, like all these mothers and fathers, um, push back on the physicians and say no more. You have to start listening to us and, and we will not work with you or let you take care of my child if no, you are not willing to go on a different path. Um, so it's very interesting what's happening right now because we start learning that nutrition has a lot to support um, our health and a lot of other, you know, like mindfulness and taking care of stress that can be a huge impact on people's health. 
um, and mm-hmm. mental health. So it's 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 really important what you were saying because um and and i'm not saying you know there there is importance to to what doctors do it's not like i'm saying they, they right but i think it's just interesting what's happening and um how much i learned <laughs> more from from this parents group than when i had a conversation with my daughter's first doctor with this all um journey of health so it's very interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think the concept of knowledge and expertise and kind of this narrowing of being, maybe being too narrowed in the mindset in, in a discipline, um, mm-hmm. in many ways is good in that a person isn't, knows so much about whatever their area is. But in other sense, it can be just weird obsession and lack of well-roundedness outside of that, Mm -hmm. um, that can be. And so I think like the physician thing always comes up to me because I, you know, I look at kind of the history of people and it was kind of people 50s, 60s. And so like what the doctor said was the end game. And I was like, Hey, your doctor said this, this is what matters. You didn't, you didn't question it. And, and current society, I think that, that that attitude is changing quite a bit. And as we learn more, and we want a more holistic version of information from someone. I mean, it's hard for someone to be, yeah. you know, obviously, know all these different things, but that there are different branches to becoming well, whether it's, you know, the doctor, maybe with the path, pathology of things, the epidemiology of things, maybe it's the fitness professional for the actual uh, movement of the body, nutrition for this, spirituality, mindfulness, we're seeing the wheel for what it actually could be. And that it, it involves a lot mm-hmm. of different cogs, not one person, you know? Yeah. And and you know what came into mind thinking about your podcast and this all new virtual life, you know, that we, many of us hate so much or go against so much, but this is also the cool stuff about it, right? Because what happened is all experts would meet, you know, all the scientists will go to the conference for, I don't know, um, prior bio, I don't know, like um, uh, microbiology. Okay. And uh, the, all the uh, physicians for a specific area will go to their conference. And it was very narrow. And um, what this all different um, online groups and podcasts and all this freedom of information is doing is that we're actually start um, looking at universities and all these different um, in uh, um, um, areas and saying, who said? Who said that you know everything? Uh, that mother who tells me about that diet can actually save my daughter. Um, and uh, you start having conversation and connection with so many different people and um, items of information that um, give you the choice to choose what works for you. And I think that's what's really cool about the situation where we are living right now. And, and you know, even it, it also what happens is that um, those different experts realize that they can't work on their own and they start uh, and they need to start having a conversation. 
they need to get out of their, you know, inner narrow community and start listening to other people, start talking with different professionals and, and parents and, and, you know, all the other people. And um, we just talk about healthcare, but I think it happens in so many different areas, understanding that the conversation cannot stay narrow anymore uh, because people can push back. Um, I see my kids, my, my son doesn't need university. He can just open the computer and learn whatever he wants. Me too. So that's what you triggered I in think, me right now. I think now. we're challenging yeah. these things. Yeah. <laughs> I look and, at my podcast as education, honestly. It's, it's an education. Yeah. Like I'm getting educated by 200 plus people currently. Like I'm learning a ton about different ideas and how people think. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so interesting. We talk about it and it goes like in and out and in and out, right? Uh, the the norms and the, the connection and the listening and, and, and how we listen. So, okay, I'm just in a, that crossroad right now with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And interesting, you mentioned conferences. I kind of like keyed on that because I actually had a really interesting conversation with my business partner maybe last year. And, and before COVID hit, we were at a... Uh, a conference in Dallas and uh, mm -hmm. it's a pretty big conference for what we do. But there have been some rumblings like in the years before of like, what's the value of conferences? Obviously beyond there's meeting your colleagues and things of that nature and presentations, but they're actually really expensive. And can you accomplish many of the same things at a conference virtually that you could accomplish being there? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think it's okay to have a, a different point of view about that because I think because we've had to have virtual conferences now, mm -hmm. I think there may be some shifts coming with it. I mean, I, I like going to conferences like any other person and going, but if I go there and I'm listening to a speaker and I can get the same information watching it virtually, I'm mm -hmm. not sure like, and, and one's going to cost me way less <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. than the other. I don't know. There's just different ways to look at things. So I, it's kind of that whole thing. Is that always the, is that the right way always to do things, to have a conference, to fly to a different city, or can it, can it be both or can it just be one thing? Questioning that I think is okay. You know? Yeah. Um, by the way, Ted talks, most of people don't go to the, to the Ted Who conference. I've never even right? heard of anybody attending those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need probably to be very rich or very famous or very close to that specific group of people. But we all see TED Talks, right? It's it's kind of like the, the cool thing to watch. Everyone wants to watch a good TED Talk. Every speaker likes to say that, that they spoke in a TED conference. But how many people go and how many of us see that online? Um, so I, I totally agree with you that we shifted a lot. Um, on the other hand, working with a lot of people, um, people still need the social connection. We, we still need to be with each other. Does it have to be through a conference? I don't know. Doesn't. Does it have to be in university, you know, in a, or in the office? I don't know. But I definitely believe in the importance of being with each other physically. Um, oh, I agree. That. Totally. Yeah. Totally agree. I just think that we, I, I don't necessarily like when it's kind of like, that's the only thing. 
Like there's only yeah. one option. And I think some yeah. people, they have that idea of like, well, I can't wait till this just goes back to just being in person with people because that's all I really like. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I get that. I'm totally with that. Believe me, I love hugging people. I'm like a huge hugger. Love hugging yeah. people. I like <laughs> I that. that. <laughs> I'm enjo- I enjoy like, because some people have never had a good hug in their life. They're like, you know, they're not used to having that appropriateness of that. Mm-hmm. connection. I miss that, but also am accomplishing quite a bit without being in front of people too. I can acknowledge that both those things exist, uh, that I need one, but I also am benefiting from the other too. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think will be our way to connect when this whole thing will end? Or what would you like maybe to see for people mm. to connect with each other? Good question. <laughs> you're getting me now. Okay. <laughs> um, you said I can. <laughs> yes. No, I like that. I, I, you know what it is? I'm so thrown back by it because even though I tell people that, it doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> you know? so, mm-hmm. But thank you for that. appreciate that. Anybody who listens to this and who is on the show, it's totally cool to ask me questions. I really enjoy <laughs> it because I like thinking about the questions I get asked. Um, to answer your question, um, I would hope that we would go back to things like hugging, um, maybe fist bumping and things. I don't know, but I th- I hope that slowly we would integrate those things back. But also, maybe this is controversial, I also mm-hmm. think some level of mask wearing would be fine to continue on certain things. Um, because, I don't know, something now that I think certain things, I'm like, yeah, I probably could keep, keep with that tradition or, you know, I don't know. Again, I see both sides to it. Like maybe there's some areas where that might be good to have mask continue, but Mm -hmm. on other areas, I don't want to have, I want to be able to just, you know, go and do what I normally did. So I think that, I think we have to get back to appropriate touch with each other on some level because like hugging, I just think it's so important. Maybe I sound weird saying this, but I really think hugging is really important. I'm like hugely into it. It's so weird to not be doing that uh, with people. I do with my my family, of course, but you have to think also, Noah, there's people in families who never do that with each other, ever. So true, yeah. And so they're not getting appropriate physical touch. They're with, they're, maybe they're not talking to each other about these things. I think we need that. We need hugging back. <laughs> I'm bringing it back when it's time. <laughs> Maybe it's a hug. Uh, you know, it's a, a back hug. Like we we hug yeah. back to back. <laughs> a back hug. I never heard of that. <laughs> um, just just. But I have to share with you something because um, part of the, those um, get going against the norm. So you know, one of the things that people really don't like are the networking, right? The networking events, which feels very yeah uh, inauthentic and um a few years ago i started a walking networking uh which is an outdoor thing and it was so interesting to see how people responded to that because we took away all the decoration right all those um you know um you need to wear beautiful clothes because you are a business owner and bring your high heels, right? And all, yeah. of course, right? Um, and I need to have my pitch 
sleek and ready. I hated that. I just hated that. And I would go to so many networking events and just go out because I was so frustrated. People were full of themselves and I had no interesting conversations. People don't listen to what, you know, what you say because they scan the room or they have, you know, like two seconds, uh, they are the social butterfly because every two minutes they need to move to another person. So it felt so unreal talking about connection and listening, all the things we're talking about. And I said, I'm done. I need to create it my way. So I, I came out with that idea and I said, how about if we just do networking outdoors? And People just loved it. Of course, there was there is no pitch there. Everything is different in this in this um, this experience, and it starts with that we don't let people to introduce what they do. So I will ask you to say your name and who you are, um, not in your profession or in your role. So, for example, my name is Noah uh, Ronan, and I am an, um, a curious person. That's it. You don't know what I do. You don't know um, what is my business or what is my profession um, and what it allows it to, for people to really listen to each other. Because the moment I say, hi, I'm Noah and I'm a coach, you put, a, you put me in a box. Yes. And I wanted to take those boxes away that people will be able to listen and be curious about each other. And it created this amazing experience that then when we sent them to walk with each other, they would come back and they couldn't stop the conversation. You know, I would say, okay, let's gather around to kind of like do a reflection or something. And people just couldn't stop talking with each other. It was so cool to see um, that special connection that you can create between people. If you just let go of all the norms Um and allow people to be themselves and to show up fully. And of course, then the networking is so much more impactful because I get to know, like from this conversation, I, I get to know you when I will decide if I refer people to you. It's because I know what you think and how you see the world and that you are a hugger, right? It, it's a different conversation. Um, so so it, it's just like, I, I, I believe... We for sometimes we forgot how to do that um, authentically, um, and it was really really cool to see that no matter if it was like one hundred degrees or twenty degrees Fahrenheit to the people who don't speak Fahrenheit, people would show <laughs> up. people would show up and do that outdoor activity for an hour and a half. Yeah, I I was amazed to see how much people want the, this, uh, this, um, this connection. That's beautiful. Honestly, we are, we're like the same person. <laughs> of this stuff. <laughs> uh, you told me a story. I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, this is like a mirror story. This mirror is exactly what you're doing for that. Mm -hmm. So I have always, I'm very similar to you in that. I look at things, I'm like, why do we have to do things this way? Like, I don't understand. And so I was with the previous company I was with, a very large company. We would have what I would call these very stereotypical regional manager meetings. 
Okay, mm. so you get all these managers from across the country meet with each other or in certain regions, and you know, big conference room, you know the type, mm-hmm. big huge table, all these chairs. I'm painting a picture here, PowerPoint slides. Everybody's dressed up, suit and all this stuff, <laughs> and uh, like eight hours in the same room. No window, no nature, just boom, boom, boom. So as I started rising through the company, I said, listen, I, I don't like this. I really don't like how this is done. And mm-hmm. my supervisor was like, do whatever you want, Darren. You're in tr- I want you to make it. We want it to be fun and exciting, but however you want to do. I said, well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to get out of this conference room that we have awesome. in whatever city we're in. Because this immediately puts us in a box, just like you said. Put us mm-hmm. in a box. And I said, what I want to do is we need to hike. We need to do like paddle boarding. We need to do bike riding. Well, we would do all this stuff in San Diego and Palm Desert. And we would do it in uh, all these different, you know, Las Vegas, wherever, you know, the places were. And it was amazing. We didn't talk about work. We just talked about each other and our lives. And these group of managers became so tight with each other and Mm -hmm. became friends with each other and leaned on each other during hard times and good times. By the way, nothing to do with work for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was like, in many ways, we were not, we were looked down upon for that, that this was too cavalier, too loose. And Mm -hmm. when you shake the foundation that somebody has of what we've always done, people don't like that. Sometimes they get very fearful of like, you're trying to go against what has always worked. And I go, did it work? Has it worked? I mean, have we really evaluated has it worked? I mean, just because something's making a lot of money doesn't mean it's working right. for the person. And I think that's a concept we have to change in our society is just because somebody has made a lot of money or has made X doesn't mean they're good at life. It doesn't mean that at all. No. At all. No. I've said what I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my, uh, my mother has a saying. She says, um, uh, you might be... Uh, I'm trying to, to, you know, translate it from Hebrew. Uh, you might be a genius, but you are not wise. Mm. And, and I think it's kind of like the same idea with what you're saying. You might have a lot of money, but you are not maybe a human or doesn't mean that you are really successful in, in other areas in your life. So it's kind of like the same idea in, in different directions. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I just love what you're talking about. One, because I truly believe that nature uh, helps us with creativity and looking at things from a different perspective. And, and it's so important because it allows us to connect with each other differently. Um, and sometimes we get so stuck in our perspective, exactly like what you're saying. Why, why do we do what we do? Um, so it's a lot of the conversations I'm having, right, with teams and w- with my clients and with my kids even, um, of who said that if, if this is how we do things for so long, that this is the way it should be. Or even if you see me doing something, that this is the way it should work for you. And that's why I push so much for all those recipe um you know, programs, let me show you how you can get to the other side of the rainbow with my recipe, because I don't believe in it. It's a beautiful recipe for you, but it doesn't mean that it will work for everyone. And um, 
Yeah, I lost my train of thoughts, but I think we got- <laughs> I do that all the time. Honestly, <laughs> I'll get going, especially when I'm and on somebody's another show. Theme. Another theme of this show, we are losing our train of thoughts. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it happens to me. Somebody asks me a question and I'll get going and I'll go, what am I talking about? Like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> what, was I, what was I saying? <laughs> but, but it's, let me give you an example because I think we're so so stuck sometimes in patterns or in the way we think about things. So for example, today I'm talking with a client and they say that um, they can't have their energy consistent up, down, up, down, up, down. And then I say, you know what, let me share with you what I think. I think it's energy, right? So when people tell me I want to be happy all the time, are you able, like, who's happy all the time? Right now in these two seconds of conversation with you, I changed like 10,000 emotions, right? Not 10,000, but a lot. Be, some people say that emotions is energy energy in motion. They play with the word. So it's, it's we're going in and out. And the same is with the energy. And p- part of the conversation that we were having that, um, they get distracted, and that's why their energy is is not consistent. And I pushed back and I said, what if those moments that you are distracted are actually meant for you to recover? We don't think about it this way, right? But maybe me just wandering in Facebook or or binge watching or going outside, not working, right? Not bringing results is actually my way of recovering before I'm ready to work on my next project. What's it, what if it doesn't have to be consistent? What if my cycle of, of energy is different? For example, I will push for 10 days, will work from very early in the morning to very late at night, and then I will take one day to recover. That's a different way of doing things. So I think so many times we get stuck with how we're supposed to do things that we don't realize that we're different people and it works differently and that's okay. Uh, and that industrial, you know, way of looking at life is not relevant anymore. We don't live this way anymore. So recovery is different. And um, when we work or don't work is different. And and so that's my invitation when, when I have conversations with people and I kind of like push back, I will poke and I will say, maybe it's all really silly what I'm saying right now, but maybe it doesn't make any sense, but maybe we can just look at it from a different perspective. You think that we're in an age, like in this time is having us question how we work and how we recover? So since English is my second language, even though I'm here for uh, 15 years, what is in an age? <laughs> and like this time and this time mm-hmm. we're living in uh, yeah. currently, you know, specifically 2020. Let's make it very specific. This year, yeah. the change in the economy, public health, have people, because people are working remotely and things are, pe- do you feel mm-hmm. overall that we're questioning why we have worked a certain way, kind of the whole nine to five thing or yeah. this many days a week. Are we questioning these things more and more and how, how much time we take off? Do you see that with people, especially executives you're chatting with? I wish. Oh. Dot, dot, dot. I really wish. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious what you see because you're also in the well. I can, I can, 
I, I can talk about it more, but I want I want to ask what you uh, what you what you see before I answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I think that like again, what we're all seeing maybe very different things in a mm -hmm. very large atmosphere of these things. But I, I what I like to believe and what I see are probably two different things. So what I'd like to believe is that uh, we are greatly greatly changing how we view work. But mm -hmm. I also think that we, we kind of have this rubber band effect. Maybe we stretch a little bit on those things, but there's part of me that believes that once people can get back to in-person work and stuff, that they'll try to just mimic what they have been doing for that. Yeah. So what yeah. I'd like to believe is that it's changing, but what I think will happen will be probably very similar to what was happening for that. Yeah. So to... Two different things I have to say about that. One is um, I work with people from Europe and from Israel and from the U.S. Um, so, for example, if we just talk uh, around the COVID reality, while in the U.S. it's like kind of like, you know, there is kind of like no no rules, right? There is There are no strict rules, but it's kind of like the same everywhere. People work from home, trying to stay safe, okay? Uh, for example, in countries like Israel, um, even though it's a democracy, they uh, monitor their phones. They can um, uh, they they need to stay if they need to stay home. If they leave home, they can get a ticket. Mm -hmm. Okay, so even though it's a it's a democracy, there are many more limitations when you need to stay home. And what happened in Israel, they. People had to be safe and right, like quarantine at home. Don't leave the house, um, and then they kind of like opened everything. Mm -hmm. And right now, the numbers are in the eight thousand people with COVID a day. So mm. they closed everything, brought people back to zero. Okay, so people are now home, and their mental health is horrible right now. Okay, so people went back to normal. And it's very common to a country like Israel that goes through so many different things like terror attacks and wars. So it's, it's kind of like, it's okay. Resilience, you know, um, is, is part of the deal. Let's just live life. Let's have uh, fun. And as one of my clients said yesterday, one of his direct reports told him, uh, what's the fun about having all this money if I can't do anything with it? Okay, so that's that's some experience in some cultures that um, they move from zero to 100 and it just doesn't work right now. Um, so this is one reality that I see. The other reality is people that are home and trying to keep doing what they were doing um, as they go to the office. And that just doesn't work. And, and then we have a conversation about how, how can we realize that this is a new reality and what worked before will not work for you any, anymore and you need to tweak it and look at your week differently and when you work and when you don't work because you have little kids at home that need your attention and you need to manage up and tell your manager that you need to work differently and that's okay because you work many hours because you work from home. so people are still stuck in their old patterns, even though they are in a new reality. Um, 
because they're still trying to figure out the change. There is so much grief. And I think for us, Darian, since we, we already have our business and we design it to be our way. And I know that when I started, I struggled for so long. I couldn't, you know, create sustainable work life and I would would feel very um, inefficient. And, you know, all those things that when you start a business, you, you kind of like, you you dance very clumsily in a way. Yeah. So I, I think we live different life, but when I see people that suddenly shift from corporate life into remote work and they are not used to it, it's not easy for them. So I, I wish I would see it more. And, it, and you start seeing some things happening like uh, no meetings Friday or things like that, that they don't have meetings and they get some time off. So, so organizations understand that there should be they should pivot for the mental health of their people. Um, do I see a lot of people asking the question you were asking? Why do we keep doing what we are doing? I wish I would see it more. Yeah. I, I've always questioned, uh, quote unquote, what is normal work conditions? I, re I remember early, like in my early 20s, and when I was working for companies and stuff, and I was like, sit at a desk you know and i was like done and i'm like why am i here like just because they told me i have to be here eight hours i've mm -hmm. gotten everything done and then it's essentially like you're just pu punching a clock to say you are there for a certain amount of time so it was more like time-based versus the actual production based yeah. model and there's always like whenever i get in those conversations in my 20s with people there's always this pushback. Well, well we got to work a 40-hour work week or 50 hours. You, I mean, you have to like hit this amount of hours. I'm like, well, what if all this stuff's done for those hours? No, you still got to do, you got to, we want somebody that works this amount of hours. And I remember like, there is no good answer that has been given to me about this. I'm yeah. like, again, if you've produced quality work in a shorter, more efficient amount of time, why, what does it matter if the person worked 35 versus 55. Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I never and got that. I never got that. But, uh, you know, yeah. I never understood it. Yeah. And I think it's changing. I think it's changing in that area. And I can say that I see a lot of executives and leaders really understanding the struggle that people are going through right now and, and trying, they're not even sure how to support this, you know, this, this struggle, you know, people working from like, I, I have, um, like really high level executives with kids that are five and six, and they need to help them with remote school while being on, you know, whole day executive leadership retreat at the same time. And it's hard, uh, while the other partner is also working. Yeah. Um, so the, I have to say that I see organizations seeing that and caring for that uh, and providing coaching programs um, that that support their people right now. So I see a, a lot of, you know, things that moving from what, what I knew 15 or 20 years ago when I was in corporate um, and, and really trying to support people rather than manipulate them to feel motivated, right? Because before it was, how can we manipulate people to feel motivated? Today's understanding that we can't manipulate people. We have to 
help them figure it out, figure out what's the purpose for them to be and do the work that they do, um, no matter how much time they put into that, um, do it their way. Um, so I, I agree with you. Um, and, and there's actually a really cool TED talk about that topic of a guy saying that his manager told him um, he's not doing a good job because he's not getting on time to work. He wanted his, him to get on, on like 9 a.m. in the morning. So he would get at 8.30 and um, just play or see Netflix yeah. for two hours. But then the manager said, now everything is great. You do a great job. <laughs> um, and though he did less. So it's really funny um, how he starts that TED Talk. I will send it to you after. Yes. <laughs> then it, it's so ridiculous because it's like, you know how many people are sitting in cubicles playing games and watching mm -hmm. movies and stuff like, and they're just, they're just sitting there doing yeah. nothing. I'm like, you know, you're paying them to do nothing. Like instead you could just say, Hey, let's just get, this is X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. needs to be done. Get it done. You know, do a quality job, get the meetings that need to be done. And then, you know, let your people have fun. Let them enjoy themselves. Mm -hmm. I, that's what I've enjoyed the most about being an entrepreneur. I am the most unlikely entrepreneur having businesses. Cause I loved working for other people. Like I was like totally into that describe myself as a company person, like really into that. And uh, it changed for me. I mean, I could still go back and do it, but like I, I enjoy the freedom of doing my own thing. But I also, I think I have a lot more respect for um, having to like work regularly to make an income. Like, like, like mm -hmm. if you don't work, you don't make money type of thing. And that yeah. I think is a real big difference between being an employee and being a business owner is that that money is not coming unless you show up like you have to be there or nothing is made yeah. for that. And, and that's a whole different ball game, you know. I, I totally agree because um, I, I always say, you know, when people ask me to talk or share my story, I say, well, I'm not the typical entrepreneur that I wanted to leave the corporate world and do it on my own. My life situation, relocating here, really shifted the reality for me. And I had to recreate my life and, and start this coaching business that actually came from people asking me to coach them. So I said, okay, there is a calling here. So let me figure out everything. Um, yeah. So, so it, but, I, what, but what I also see is talking about, you know, people shifting their mindset is the belief that if you have a business, you need to do the work like the corporate or the, when you worked inside a company and it took me so long. I'm, I'm curious if it happened to you too, but it took me so long to get into a place where I give myself permission that it's okay not to work every day from nine to six. And, and it's okay if I have a half a day where I just walk and I, I run errands or I do whatever it is. And, and I realized that mostly I get better results than when I sit there all day and pretend like I'm doing it. The, but it took me so long. So I'm curious if you had the same experience because I believe so many people are still in that pattern that I need to work like crazy to have my own business. Yeah, that's a, man, that's, I will say for me, I, it's been a learning curve. I think initially when you're starting something up, you, I mean, you feel you kind of have to work a lot. I mean, you got to right. build your business right. and you need to get to um, a level where, you know, you're supporting yourself and you're in a good position. 
but I think I've transitioned in this last, I'm going to say six months where I have decided like, you know, Friday I'm done with work at 1030 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm working for like three hours max. Yeah. And the rest of the day I go on walks. I play basketball, watch some movies, just have quiet time. And I've kind of made it where like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday are my very heavy work days. And mm-hmm. those other, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday are super light and Sunday I take off. And so I now it. I just put, I put, and, and so I know what that does. Like I'm limiting my business on some level. There's times I could be adding more clients and I've decided I don't want to do that. I, mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't want to keep adding more people. I need to have time for myself. The same thing with my podcast. I used to record at all different times. Now it's always at like, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, primarily. Always at like 11 a.m. or 12. That's mm-hmm. it. And if you can't do that generally, you're not going to be on the show. <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> so, you know, that's I've, I've really had to like put limits on where I do things, what's my personal time. And I think that can be very hard. But as you're growing your business, I, I think you actually need to do that. You need to say, I'm not yeah. working this time, these times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you actually get more because in those moments that you play basketball or um, you, you just, you know, take time off, that's where you're really working on the next thing without even realizing that. Mm. Um, and I think that's what people are missing, that in that, I call it in the nothing, something shows up. So actually, I, I do believe that push, push, push all the time, you know, the hustle, work hard is actually getting in the way of business owners to see more results. It's about, I, yeah. I truly believe it's working smart um, beyond, you know, it doesn't mean that I sit all day and do, do nothing, but it's, it's taking that time. And, and I just love that you designed your work week the way you wanted it, that it doesn't look like Monday to Friday, <laughs> nine to six or 10 to seven or whatever it is. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I always leave like the afternoon open so I could spend time with my daughter and my wife and, and just do different things, like just go walk on the beach. Like lately it's been basketball. Mm-hmm. We got a basketball hoop for my daughter and I play it way more than mm-hmm. she does. I'm out there <laughs> working on different moves and shooting. And I'm just like, this is amazing. You know, like, <laughs> but I can do it. Like the thing I think about the most is like when I was uh, running a gym, which I love doing, I didn't have that opportunity to like go out and play basketball or just leave and go and do something else that I want. And like, I can do whatever I want to do. and there's a freedom in that. And sometimes I think business owners don't allow them to enjoy that freedom that, you yes. know, that they're running the company. You, you don't always have to be getting your next person. And I think we have, we have fallen very, very far into this mentality of we got to scale everything we get yeah. all this volume. And I am, I'm like not the person to talk to about that. I'm like, no, nah, I mean, you got to have time to yourself, honestly. <laughs> you know, like, Yeah. And, uh, that's that's the book I'm you know I, I mentioned that I, I'm reading a book right now Stretch uh, Scott mm-hmm. I think his name is Scott Zonenshine it really talks about that um, how can we shift from from focusing on scaling and grow you know all that grow grow growth and and what's the value of stretching and using the resources that you have uh, to find joy in your life and 
there, a lot of the conversation you can see right now with the COVID is no one can see your beautiful Porsche uh, in your parking lot. No one can see the beautiful shoes that you paid $1,500 for. It's very, right? What, what makes, brings me joy is like a good hug. You know, when my daughter comes downstairs, she's 16 and she, she wants a hug for me. That Aww. brings me joy. Um, I, I, you know, just having nature around me b- before I lived in Brooklyn, New York, knowing that now I have this beautiful green nature around me mm-hmm. and I can go to a walk and feel freedom. That's success for me. So, so what success, what joy, what it, it actually shifted so much for me. And it's okay if people want other things. But you can even see the clothes I'm wearing right now. Who cares about it, right? Yeah. So who cares if I pay 2000 for them or 20 bucks? So I think just our priorities are changing. Um, and, and this time of, of kind of like making us slow down really makes us, you know, taking it back to connection, really connect with ourselves differently. Um, so I think it's, you know, if we, if we forgot it, this universe is now making us remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. I love these points of views. It just, uh, it's just neat talking to you, uh, Noah. And uh, <laughs> it is, you have such a calming influence. You just, <laughs> you have such a way about yourself. There's something about you. There's a way you have. It's hard to pinpoint. You're just kind. You're very kind. Thank you. Thank you. I love that you say I don't want to pinpoint that. So it make, it keeps me in the different, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to define it. It's just it's just awesome. uh, it's just nice. Sometimes you know I think we get to these things where we have to define everything. Well, this is why this person this is. Sometimes it's just they are. It's just they yeah. are. They Thank exist. You. Yeah, and energy. And right? The energy just is just. Energy. I tell you what. I hired this guy one time, meant like over twelve years ago. And I was running clubs and I hired him strictly because he made me feel good when I was around him strictly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he went on to be one of my best, uh, people that I ever hired. We worked together for over 10 years at wow. this club and he's such a loyal, wonderful guy. We still talk. And I just remember he, he had this aura about him and I, I wanted to be around him mm-hmm. and it had nothing to do with his skill set. That's literally why I hired him. And I, and I have allow, allowed that to essentially run my decision-making with a lot of things in my life. It's also how I pick just for a newsflash for people like want to come on the show and stuff. I, it's not really a big deal to me, like what you do for a living. I, I, it's it's mm-hmm. not certainly not my thing, but it's how you make me feel when I read your profile or you send me a message or you know, we have a video call. If we have that, like something about you has to really resonate with me. And that's usually what gets me going about a person. So the job is kind of like a, like 20th on the list of why I want somebody on, you know, <laughs> but you know, you just, you know, remember the question I asked you a few minutes ago about, um, what, what you would like to see, how people connect, mm-hmm. um, it's actually what you were just saying, you know, at least for me, it's not your vision. It's mine just listening to you. It's just that we let go of what's in it for me and really focus on what can we create together that creates this amazing energy that 
um, we just want to be with each other because we can have a great conversation because it feels good, right? And sometimes we forget that when we connect with other people. It's all about what I need, what I want, and or um, what should I say that Darian will want to be in business with me, right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's where you feel manipulated, right? You know, people are not stupid. They know. So um, I, I love that invitation of just let, let's, let's be real. You don't want to connect with that person. Don't you, you want to connect because you want something. So let them know that that's what you want, but don't play games in a way. Yeah. Um, I wish that's what, at least that's my want from just listening to you. That was my inspiration. Beautiful. My <laughs> well said. Well, listen, I know um, this has been awesome. Honestly, I'm. it's been incredibly like we can, rewarding. We can talk for 10 hours, right? I know. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I know we got to end this, but I don't really want to. But I know I'm talking to you again soon. I know that for sure. Yeah, um, I would love that. Yeah. And uh, I know I'm scheduled to talk with you. For, yeah, for pretty we soon are. Too, yeah, so. that, that was, but, yeah. Beyond that. Yeah, we do. Beyond that. Yeah. I want you. I, I, and this is the truth because I, and I, part of my podcast is this, and I mean this, I mean this a lot. And I, I'm a big feelings person. I'm a big hugger and I'm also a big feelings person. My wife knows this. My daughter knows this. Anybody's close to me knows this. When I say this to you, I mean it. I want you in my life. I want you your presence in my life on a regular basis whatever that means i would like to have that uh with you noah and i think it's important that we tell each other these things when you feel it yeah. you know yeah so i i'm signed i'm a member <laughs> <laughs> okay okay perfect well thank you for your time i really appreciate it and uh certainly thank you. Be in touch thank you for um for creating this kind of, you know, conversations, um, and, and just giving your time to, to create this, this amazing experience. So, and, and thank you. I just really enjoyed having this conversation with you. I appreciate that. Of course. You're welcome. And, uh, I look forward to chatting soon. Yeah. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut, or The Dose of News Useful Today. The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine. And when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences and it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about and it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else it's your daily reminder that there is good in the world even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes so get the donut stay informed it's hundred percent free you can unsubscribe anytime Visit thedonut.co or text DONUT to 66866 to sign up today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.